Recorded live. Saturday, July the 8th, 2017, and welcome to episode number 62 of the WCWUS Radio Network's weekly review show. This is WCWUS Power Hour. I'm, of course, once again, Mr. WCWUS Chad Henshaw, back on the line here with you. I hope and hope to be joined here momentarily by the Iceman himself, J.D. Jeremy Geralmo, as we, of course, as we do each and every Saturday afternoon, we, of course, bring you a review of all the shows that we did here the past week here in the radio network. And, of course, also here in just a few moments, we'll be bringing you, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, uh, of course, our weekend wrestling history, of course, for uh, for today, as well as, uh, which is actually quite interesting today, because it's actually divided into two parts. So we've got some, a lot of wrestling history to talk about here uh, this, uh, this afternoon, as well as, of course, giving you the, an update on the number of downloads according to TalkShoe.com. If you want to join us, ladies and gentlemen, and hear what we have to uh, mention here about all of our shows of the past week, plus our weekend history and everything of that nature, please feel free to give us a call here, of course, 1-724-444-7444, call ID 141-364-POUND, and press that one if you want to chime in on anything that we had to talk about here this afternoon. <clears throat> Uh, let's go ahead and get things started here, of course, with our, uh, until we hear from the Iceman, we're going to go ahead and get started with our wrestling history here for today, but like we said, it's July the 8th, had a lot of wrestling history take place, and so we, uh, uh, so we're going to go ahead and take care of that here first, and then, of course, we will bring you the rest here momentarily. Let's see what we have on tap here for, like I said, today, uh, <clears throat> uh, July the 8th. 32 years ago today, which would put it at 1985, in Foxborough, Massachusetts, Don Morocco defeated the Iron Sheik to win the first ever WWF King of the Ring tournament. Morocco knocked off another former WWF champion, Pedro Morales, in the semifinals. Other participants were Jim Brunzel, The Spoiler, Tino Santana, Terry Funk, Ricky Steamboat, Greg Valentine, B. Brian Blair, Les Thornton, Steve Lombardi, the Junkyard Dog, Johnny V, Paul Orndorff, and Bob Orton Jr. 
26 years ago today, which would put it at 1991, at a wrestling challenge taping in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Sid Udi makes his WWF in-ring debut with a win over Ted DiBiase. Udi, formerly known as Sid Vicious, made his WWF debut back on May 28th in an untelevised segment answering the Mounties Open Challenge. This came nine days after Udi left WCW after turning down a lucrative contract offer and, promised, and a promised world title run. Sid's last match in his first run was a loss to El Gigante in a stretcher match that went two minutes. Sid infamously no-sold being stretchered out. Throughout June 1991, vignettes for Sid's WWF impending TV debut played on their programming. Rebranded Sid Justice, his televised debut finally came on the July 20th episode of WWF Superstars when he was announced as a special referee for the match made in hell handicap bout at SummerSlam. 21 years ago today, which would put it at 1996, on Nitro from the Disney MGM Studios in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, Rey Mysterio defeated Dean Malenko to win the WCW Cruiserweight title. Fifteen years ago today, put it at 2002, on Monday Night Raw from Philadelphia, Kevin Nash tore his left quadriceps in his first match since he suffered a torn biceps injury shortly after his return to the company earlier in the year. Nash tripped over Booker T's foot following a big boot landing awkwardly on his left leg. The bout was a 10-man tag team match featuring Nash, Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Big Show, and, and X-Pac versus Booker T, Bubba Ray Dudley, Goldust, RVD, and Spike Dudley went to an immediate finish with Big Show pinning Booker T following, following a sweet chin music from Shawn Michaels. The injury could have been prevented <clears throat> Nash, who was not scheduled to return until the house shows later in the week, found out as he arrived in the building his return had been moved up to that evening's show. <clears throat> With Nash injured, he would be out until the following April. Scott Hall fired a month prior, and Hulk Hogan turning face and moved to SmackDown. The NWO experiment in WWE is over after just five months. The show is just as infamously remembered, if not more so, for a mixed tag team match featuring Trish Stratus and Bradshaw taking on Jackie Gata and Christopher Nowinski. That Jackie Gata match, as it's called in wrestling circles, is often regarded as among the worst matches not just on Raw, but in WWE history. For the record, Stratus and Bradshaw won. Sandwiched between those two bouts of infamy, Jeff Hardy defeated William Regal to win the WWE European title. Hardy would be the last man to win the title before it's unified with the Intercontinental title by RVD two weeks later. Five years ago today, put it at 2012, TNA presented Destination X from the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida. The primary focus was a one-night exhibition tournament to crown a new champion after Austin Aries gave up the title for a chance to win the TNA World Heavyweight title. Also at the event, Jesse Sorensen made his last television in-ring appearance with the company. He was injured five months earlier at Against All Odds. And here are the results here of the Exhibition Championship Tournament. Mason Andrews defeated Rubik's 
Dakota Darso and Lars only in a last chance four way match to enter the X Division tur- uh, title tournament. Mason Andrews defeated Kid Cash in a X Division Championship tournament semifinal. Kenny King defeated Douglas Williams in another tournament semifinal match. Sanjay Dutt defeated Rashad Cameron in another X Division title tournament semifinal. Zima Ion defeated Flip Casanova in another X Division title tournament semifinal match. Zima Ion defeated Mason Andrews, Kenny King, and Sanjay Dutt in an Ultimate X match to win the vacant TNA X Division title. And also some non-tournament matches in order of the of occurrence. Samoa Joe defeated Kurt Angle in a Bound for Glory series match. AJ Styles defeated, defeated Christopher Daniels in a last-minute standing match. And Austin Aries defeated Bobby Roode to win the TNA World Heavyweight title. Eleven days before, Aries traded in his X Division title for a shot at the world title. He also introduced option C, meaning that whomever was the champion at the time of, destination, of the Destination X event would have the same opportunity to give up the championship for a world title opportunity. And that's all we have for the first, of course, uh, for the first part of our rest of history here for today. And now let's go ahead and talk about part two of this, which was a big time, big time situation that took place here. Uh, Okay, let's see what else we have right here. Uh, known as a Big Black Friday. So, 12 years ago today, which would put it at 19, no, I'm sorry, at 2005, WWE completes the biggest mass talent firing in company history. The press release from WWE.com when the first firings came down on July the 5th. Eight superstars have been released July 5th, 2005. World Wrestling Entertainment has come to agreements on the release of the following superstars. WWE would like to wish them the best in their future endeavors. And here's the list here, ladies and gentlemen, and there are some big time. Mark Jindrak, Maven, Shannon Moore, James Yoon, otherwise known as Akio, David Heath, otherwise known as Gangrel, Billy Kidman, Spike Dudley, and Kevin Furtig. On July 6th, Jackie Gaeta, Matt Morgan, Don Marie, Joy Giovanni, and Hiroko and Kenzo Suzuki also got released. The release of Don Marie came as a surprise to many as she was pregnant at the time of her release. Also receiving their walk-in papers were the other Dudley boys, Bubba Ray and Devon. Their contracts were set to expire and would not be renewed. Also released was Marty Jannetty. Jannetty was recently arrested for his role in a domestic dispute with his then-girlfriend, violating his probation. He was on probation due to a DUI charge. With Janetti unable to leave his home state of Florida, he was forced to miss some bookings leading to his release. It would be the first of three times Marty was fired from the company over a 15-month period. On July the 8th, Jim Cornette joined the ranks of the release after he had allegedly verbally and physically assaulted a student in Ohio Valley Wrestling, slapping him as many as 15 times. This came after Cornell was suspended back in May for slapping Anthony Corelli backstage as, at an OVW event. 
Pirelli went on to moderate success at Santino Morella. The releases dating back to the prior month when 11 office workers and announcer Mark Lloyd were let go were in conjunction with WWE trimming its budget in preparation for WWE's move back to the USA Network in the fall. The releases did not end there. Ten days later, twin referees Earl and Dave Hebner were fired for selling counterfeit WWE merchandise. Both Hebners had been with the WWF since the 1980s, with Earl being most infamously remembered for his role in the Montreal Screwjob in November 1997. Lisa Moretti, also known as Ivory, was released on July 22nd when her contract was not renewed. On July 25th, Brian Heffron, also known as the Blue Meanie, was also released when his short-term contract expired. So if you're scoring at home, that's 23 on-air talents released in the span of about a month, the bulk of which coming in the first full week of July. So what are they up to now? Talking about Mark Jindrak right here. After a brief stint in Japan, Jindrak joined Mexico's CMLL in 2006. He took on the ring name Marco Colleone, a play on the featured family in the Godfather film series. In August 2008, Jindrak was one of four wrestlers banned from wrestling in Tijuana for pulling down the tights of an opponent in a match. That spot's forbidden in Tijuana. In March 2009, Jindrak signed with AAA and competed for Lucha Libre USA. One year later, he left AAA and joined Mexican independent Peros de Mal before returning to CMLL in December 2011. Last month, Corleón won a Torneo Cibernético to claim the vacant CMLL World Heavyweight Championship. He's just the second non-Mexican to hold the title, with Steele being the first in 1997. Steele went on the moderate success as Val Venus. Maven Huffman, the first male Tough Enough winner, joined the cast of the sixth and final season of VH1 reality series The Real Life. Later in the year, he hosted a show on BETJ, today known as Centric. He also wrestled in the independent circuit at dark matches for Team Nathan in 2007. In 2010, Huffman was a part of Home Shopping Network's morning show, HSN Today. In April 2012, Maven was arrested on doctor shopping to illegally obtain prescriptions for oxycodone and hydrocodone. A week after his arrest, he went to rehab under WWE's former talent rehabilitation program. After working as a bouncer for a New York City nightclub, Huffman returned to the ring in 2015. Shannon Moore returned to the independent circuit before briefly joined TNA in late 2005. In July 2006, Moore returned to WWE as part of the ECW brand. He appeared sporadically on ECW and SmackDown until his release in August 2008. After a year on the independent circuit, he took a six-month sabbatical from wrestling before returning to the ring on the Hulkamania tour in Australia. This, that was his foot in the door to return to TNA in January 2010. He most notably teamed with Jesse Neal as one half of Inc. Inc. Shannon left TNA in July 2012, has been on, and has been on the independent circuit ever since. Following his release, James Young briefly competed for Ring of Honor before returning to WWE for a tryout in May 2006. Originally brought in as an enhancement talent, company officials were impressed enough to bring him back full-time. He was rebranded Asian Cowboy Jimmy Wang Yang. He teamed with Shannon Moore in late 2007 and early 2008, then with Sam Master J a year later. In April 2010, Yoon was released from WWE. 
In June 2011, Yoon reprised his fine Elvis gimmick in an X-Division Tournament 14-night contract. He lost in a three-way match that included fellow TNA alum Matt Bentley and Deleu Key. Yoon is considered retired, though he has wrestled a few times since 2011. He owns a party bus and, a pe- and pest control businesses in Cincinnati, Ohio. David Heath, best known as Gang Grill, was re-signed to WWE in 2006 to potentially join a vampire stable with Kevin Thorne and Ariel. But weight issues prevented him from appearing on WWE programming. He competed in then developmental territory Deep South Wrestling until his release in January 2007. He's been on the independent circuit ever since. Though he did appear as a part of the 15-man battle royal at the Raw 15th anniversary special in December of 2007. Heath appeared at the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony in 2015 and on the WWE Network series The Edge and Christian Show that totally reeks of awesomeness in 2016. Billy Kidman, whose real name is Peter Gruner Jr., alleged in a 2007 interview with The Sun he was fired over a disagreement with, on a management decision to stop booking wrestlers on first-class international flights. Following his release, Gruner wrestled on the independent circuit in the United States, Puerto Rico, and the United Kingdom. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, now uh, it's like coming in right here under the wire here, of course, is the ice man himself, J.D. Jervy Geraldo, uh, 2015-17 Hall of Famer, of course, part of the Raw Radio team here. J.D., welcome to number 62 of uh, Power Hour. First off, i got to say sorry I'm late. Second off, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, first off, J.D., thank you very much. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, before we go any further, I will mention that today, yes, is... As of course been here all week long. Today is indeed my birthday. Yes, I I am five. By the way, no, <laughs> no, I'm just no, no, I'm probably, I had I'm, some, I had some obligations to fulfill before I got on. That's why I was running late as usual. But uh, I had some other affairs to attend to, and this is going to make you laugh. This is totally non wrestling related, but I did see today. Apparently, for you basketball fiends, you thought the big deals with Blake Griffin. Curry or something, however, last week, however, we've now heard James Harden has signed supposedly a, an extension. I think they said it's either four or five years, I'm not sure, over $220 million. Hmm. Which means 40 to $45 million a year. My goodness. Wow. My goodness. Indeed, indeed. But, of course, well, we also got great balls of fire. How funny it is, Howard, because Raw this Monday is in Houston. Tuesday, they're in San Antonio. They're in Dallas tomorrow. And then next week, they're in Nashville and Birmingham, where they head to Philly, D.C., and Richmond. And then, of course, Pittsburgh at the end of the month. So that's whoa. it. That's a bonus. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much, J.D. Uh, let's go ahead. And like I said, we were talking about this. Is, um, uh we're talking about right now, of course, we had a two-parter in wrestling history here today. We're talking about it was a mass uh, firing back in 2005. Uh, apparently 23 on-air talents were fired in the first week of July alone. And we're now running down as to what they are doing currently here today. Right now, um, right now we're talking about, uh, what, uh, talking about uh, Billy Kidman was one of those that was recent. And I'll go back and reread it here and let you, let you hear the whole thing here. Right. Uh, Billy, 
Billy Kidman, whose real name is Peter Gruner Jr., alleged in a 2007 interview with The Sun he was fired over a disagreement on a management decision to stop booking wrestlers on first-class international flights. Following his release, Gruner would wrestle on the independent circuit in the United States, Puerto Rico, and in the United Kingdom. He returned to WWE in 2007 as a trainer for Florida Championship Wrestling and as a producer and road agent in 2010, a position he holds to this day. Uh, following, following his release, Spike Dudley, real name is Matthew Heisen, competed on the independent circuit in the Northeast of the United States before joining TNA in April 2006 as Brother Runt. He aligned with Team 3D, of course, the former Dudley Boys, and feuded most notably with Abyss and the Latin American Exchange until his release in August of 2007. Heisen wrestled on the independent circuit until taking a two-year sabbatical in 2010. He resumed his career in 2010 and made two notable appearances for TNA in, in early 2013. Heisen most notably wrestled in December 2015, and he appeared on the WWE DVD release straight out of Dudleyville in 2016. Kevin Fertig returned to the independent circuit following his release as Mordecai, a reverse undertaker gimmick he used in 2004. A year after his release, Fertig returned as vampire Kevin Thorne. In early 2008, Fertig was sent down to Ohio Valley Wrestling in Florida Championship Wrestling before his release in January 2009 after he turned down a new deal. Fertig's been on the independent circuit ever since, though he did wrestle one dark match for TNA in September 2009 as Serpent. After a four-year sabbatical in 2011, Kevin returned to wrestling in 2015. And they said that WWE was talking about bringing him back at one point. Uh, that would have been great to see him back. He was a, he was a great uh, competitor all the way. Yeah. Come on, Cal. Sorry, I'm calling my dog. She's just looking at my oh. neighbor. we got chickens next door to us, however. My neighbor's got chickens, and... He's like, oh, yeah, exactly. And she's the like, neighbors are a bunch of chickens, though. She said, yeah. <laughs> but my dog's pretty cool with most of them, so I'm trying to get her inside right now. Go on. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's my fault. Jackie Gata, one of two winners of the second Tough Enough, married fellow wrestler Charlie Haas just a month before her release. After a couple of appearances on the independent circuit, Gata briefly joined TNA in late 2005. After announcing she was pregnant in May 2006, Jackie was KFAB fired, then later legitimately fired. She's largely been away from wrestling since, though she, she did appear in the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal at WrestleMania 25 in 2009 and appeared both in a wrestler and manager capacity for Paris de Mall and Family Wrestling Entertainment. Haas and Gata are still married. They have four children together. My goodness. Matt Morgan is our next person here. Following his release, Matt Morgan went to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Expected to get a big push as a monster, gouging the heel alongside Brock Lesnar. Morgan abruptly left for All Japan Pro, Pro Wrestling. He also appeared for Italian Promotion, New Wrestling Evolution, and Rings of Europe in Austria before joining TNA in August of 2007. In 2008, he was beast on the third season of the rebooted American Gladiators. He would win the TNA World Tag Team title in 2010 with Hernandez and in 2011 with Crimson. Late in 2011, Morgan became the first Ring Kai King champion. Morgan was released in July 2013. After about six months on the independent circuit, Morgan retired from wrestling. That retirement lasted all of 18 months. He briefly appeared for TNA in 2015 and most recently appeared for the promotion again in April of this year. Hmm. 
Dawn Dawn Marie. I'm trying my best to pronounce her her last her real last name because I'm gonna say I guess the P is silence. I'm gonna say Saltus. That's why I'm gonna pronounce it. Her release came to the shock of many. She was on maternity leave at the time of her release. In November, she appeared for the ECW reunion event Hardcore Homecoming November Rain. A month later, she gave birth to a baby boy. A month after giving birth, Saltus filed a complaint against WWE with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission claiming she had been wrongfully... Now, they are supposed to be fired, but they wrote wrongfully fried. <laughs> I guess that's a little typo right there, but it's supposed to be fired. The case was settled for an undisclosed amount in 2007. She joined Women Superstars Uncensored in 2008 and was inducted into the Promotions Hall of Fame two years later. In 2008, Saltis started Wrestlers Rescue, a charity dedicated to raising funds to get medical care for wrestlers. The charity came under fire when wrestlers Jerry Lynn and James Kamala Harris did not receive funds from auctions held by the charity. Huh. That's it. That's Yes, it is. Ah, Joy Giovanni. Joy Giovanni was picked up by WWE after finishing third in the 2004 Diva Search. During her brief time in the company, she was a panelist for the G4 Series video game Vixens and was WWE's, WWE's only rookie diva of the year. Following her release, she appeared in a few small films. She was in a she was was in a, was in a Avenged Sevenfold music video and got recertified in massage therapy. Boy, that does that sounds like it feels good. <laughs> Giovanni made a one-time return to WWE in 2009. As part of the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal at WrestleMania 25, this was her only match. Uh, after their release, husband and wife Kenzo and Hiroko Suzuki returned to Japan and appeared for Hustle. Not Hustler, Hustle. Okay, keep that in mind. She briefly became the promotion's general manager in late 2005 and early 2006. Hiroko soon left the wrestling business. In 2015, Hiroko was elected to the Funabashi City Council. Mm, okay. As for Kenzo, he's still wrestling to this day. In addition to appearing for Hustle, he competed for CMLL, AAA, Dragon Gate, and All Japan Pro Wrestling, where he has wrestled as Kenso, K-E-N-S-O, since 2010. Kenso held the Gaoria TV title, a mid-card title for All Japan in late 2015. And half and in late 2015, and for half of 2015. Okay. <clears throat> in 2011, he captured the All Japan World Tag Team Titles with the Great Muda. Kenzo continues to appear for All Japan occasionally, but he has been a freelancer for the last two years. The Suzuki's are still married. The Suzuki's. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You're right. The Suzuki's. And they, and they drive a samurai, by the way. Ooh, yeah. okay. And the next door neighbors are the Toyotas and uh, Hayabushi's. Gesundheit. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, after about a, about a month after their release, the Dudley Boys, real names Mark LaMonica, who was Bubba Ray, and Devon Hughes, who was Devon, were issued legal notices saying that WWE had trademarked the Dudley name and they could not use it elsewhere. No longer the Dudleys, Mark and Devon joined TNA in September 2005 as Brother Ray and Brother Devon, Team 3D. They would later be joined by the former Spike Dudley, rechristened Brother Runt. The duo would go on to win the NWA World Tag Team title in 2007, 
just before Team Nay split from the NWA and were the inaugural Team Nay World Tag Team Champions. They would win them again in 2009. The duo split in late 2010 and embarked on pretty successful singles careers. Devon would go on to win the TNA TV title twice, while Mark had two runs as Team Nay World Heavyweight Champion as Bully Ray. In 2014, Team 3D was inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame. In early 2015, Mark made a one-time appearance in the Royal Rumble match. That August, the duo rejoined WWE after a decade away from the company. Their largely disappointing run ended a year later. I hate, I hate, really hated that part. And I think they're going, and, and like we said before, on not just this show, but every show on our network, I think next year you have to put them in the Hall of Fame. But well, sure. Well, why not? Greatest I mean, of the greats. I mean, when it comes to whether you hated them or whether you loved them, whether you did not like them, they, uh, I mean, they changed the course of the tag team division in the 90s. They were the team of the 90s. Of course, because they had those about all the tag belts that they're using to think of. So yeah. there you go. The two team one last time in December 2016. Devon retired and essentially returned to WWE as a producer. Mark is still wrestling today in Ring of Honor as Bully Ray. With 23 tag team championship rings, the Dudley Boys are the most decorated duo in modern wrestling history. I yep. no doubt. And here's one. Here's one. Here was here was one here that uh, got me. And he's also Mark, married, and he I believe is engaged to if he hasn't married already to Velvet Sky. That's right. Well, I think you're right because I mean they've been very steady for a while, long time from what I heard. Marty Jannetty, best known for his time as one half of the Rockers with Shawn Michaels, had been let go by WWE five times prior to his July 2005 release. The other four in this order, listen very carefully, Gene. He may not remember a lot of these, but I'm going to read them anyway. June 1987, of course, for their hard partying and causing a disturbance at a hotel bar. He was fired alongside Shawn Michaels less than a month after joining the WWF. Number two, March 1992, after he was put on house arrest for attacking a police officer. Oh. Yeah, because they were supposed to have Shawn and Marty originally at WrestleMania that year at 8. WrestleMania 8, I remember. Oh, okay. Number three, February 1993, for allegedly wrestling under the influence of drugs and or alcohol. Hmm. Question, I mean, number four, February 1994, in the wake of litigation against wrestler Charles Austin. Austin was paralyzed after he landed badly on his head following a rocker dropper in December of 1990. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I do remember. I, they I remember, remember hearing that. that story. I remember that story, yep. Yeah. Marty was brought back in February 2006 as part of a pending Rockers McMahon's feud. But Marty missed the TV taping and was released in early March. Six months later, Marty joined WWE again as a trainer. He lasted all of two weeks before he was fired yet again. Though there was some dispute to this, Jim Ross confirmed his release in December, but Marty did appear on the Raw 15th anniversary special that month. Marty doubled as a performer and trainer for Chikara from 2000. 11 to 2013. In July 2016, Janetti joined a class action lawsuit with many ex-WWE performers concerning the risk of brain injury. Earlier this year, he appeared for Game Changer Wrestling's Joey Janela's Spring Break. Longtime manager Jim Cornette has not been seen on WWE programming since WrestleMania 17 at the time of his release after briefly handling color commentary in 1999. Excuse me for one second. Excuse me. 
In recent years, Cornette had been lead, become lead booker and part owner of Ohio Valley Wrestling, WWE's developmental territory, until 2008. Cornette had a hand in developing many men and women who went on to, who went on to at least moderate success on the main roster, including, and you might know these four gentlemen here, J.D., John Cena, Randy Orton, Dave Batista, and Brock Lesnar. Yep, OPW. Yep, that's right. 2006, Cornette joined TNA as an on-screen authority figure and as a member of their creative team. Cornette often clashed with Vince Russo, who was he hired. He still is. He's still fighting with Russo. Yeah, it is. I mean, that dude, I mean, that dude goes back to, like, the 90s. I mean, they, they, I mean, he talked about it, I think, with Sean Oliver and Timeline series. In 97, 98, there was a lot of issues between him, Russo, uh, Sean, and Brett, though. And, I mean, he's had this grudge for Russo for about 20, 25 years. So even whenever oh. Russo left along with Ferrari to go to WCW in 99, he says, why couldn't he uh, tell Vince directly to his face that uh, him and Ferrari were going to WCW? Because, uh, at the time when it happened, how I guess they were supposed to do a show in the Meadowlands that night or the next night. I think that was the same night that they did the tribute show with Owen Hart between Brett and Benoit, however. And uh, I guess he met, I guess Russo and then met the week before down in Atlanta with Bischoff or a couple of days before that, that weekend, however, before that Monday in Kansas City. And then he, uh, I guess, called up uh, Vince on the telephone, however, like Russo said, or Cornette said, and Russo told him flat out to his face, I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm in a couple of weeks to WCW. I'm going for. I'm taking Ferrari. We were going to WCW, and Vince for a long time had a very, very serious uh, uh, grudge against both Russo and Ferrari. I mean, he was a guy who got SmackDown started for you. He was a guy who wrote Raw for you for two years. However, yeah, there were some issues. However, in the creative team uh, with Kevin Dunn and that, and if you read the book Forgiven or how WCW killed Russo, uh, Vince Russo, but more often than not, the first book Forgiven. I mean, Russo talks about how it all went down, and Cornette's have for the longest time to this day. He still holds ill will. I mean, he said this to Meltzer, he said that to Wade Keller, he said it all to the dirt sheets. How that Russo and Farrar were nothing more than chicken shit heels that were looking for the back door, however, and they put their time in. Even though Russo began as a video guy, however, worked in the video store, he was hired by, I guess, Linda, however, and he started working TV in that. But when he got hired from WCW, he decided to to just tell uh, Vince McMahon he was tired of working so many days. I mean, they were working like 12, 14-hour days, seven days a week. He just said, I can't handle this no more. I can't do this no more. He told Vince, however, I mean, I want to go elsewhere. I want to start looking elsewhere. He started looking for better options. And because that, one thing led to another. And that's why Russo, or Cornette still this day, has a grudge against Russo. There you go. And, and like you said, it still continues to this very day, indeed. In 2006, Cornette joined TNA as an on-screen authority figure and as a member of their creative team. Like we said, Cornette often clashed with Vince Russo, who was hired about three months after Jim joined the company. On September 15, 2009, Cornette was released after three years with the company. Less than two weeks later, Jim rejoined Ring of Honor. He had a brief stint there in 2006. In 2010, Cornette rejoined Ohio Valley Wrestling as his head booker. and He left us over a year later when TNA ended its working relationship with OVW. <clears throat> in October 2012, Cornette was removed from his position as head booker. Soon after, he was placed on sabbatical after a backstage outburst following a Steve Carino injury at an ROH-TV taping. 
the outspoken Cornette returned to WWE in March 2017 to induct the Rock and Roll Express into the Hall of Fame. He also appeared on the WWE Network series Table for Three. Last yeah, month, it was this with Bischoff and uh, I think it was with Bischoff and uh, Michael Hayes, if I remember. And that was the first time all three of them came together because I know Cornette for a long time, however, did not, and I think it goes back even to his days in WCW, did not have that ill will towards Michael Hayes because I think they grew up pretty much, I mean, they did a lot of things together in the NWA territory, but at the same time with Bischoff, however, him and Bischoff for a long time, just like Russo, really were not the best of friends, and they kind of uh, smoothed things over and finally reasoned with each other. Certainly, indeed. Last month, a restraining order was filed against him in Posey County, Indiana, by longtime nemesis Vince Russo. That's the one I was telling you about. Yeah, and that continues to be a big story. He's tell, he's been begging Russo if he wants to fight him in the ring. He's offered him. Last I heard, at one point he said he would offer him fifty grand to fight him in the mm-hmm. ring. Russo falls right. to fight, face him. And we all know about Cornette's history with the tennis racket and the guys he had with. I mean, like you said. The Midnight Express should be the next team to go in. If there's a tag team, if not the Dudley's the Midnight Express. But it was, I mean, this past year he talked about him coming back and kind of, I mean, kissing and making up with certain people in the WWE. I mean, whether it be Hunter, whether it be Vince. I mean, he tried to put on this brave face, however, and then after a while he said, I mean, some things never change, however, but some things uh, do change, however. But for a long time, like I said, I mean, he just, really had a lot of resentment towards a lot of people in the office. I mean, I mean, he, I remember when he was in Ring of Honor, I mean, he came out at times in the dirt sheets and in a podcast, however, and said Hunter got the way he did because he married into the family because at the time he was dating Stephanie and Vince allowed that to happen and just Vince was blind to the whole fact and everything and this and that nature. There you go. Mm-hmm. And this neck on here is going to be a real biggie right here. Excuse me. Earl Hebner had been a referee for WWE since 1988 at the time of his release. His debut was the Hulk Hogan-Andre the Giant match at the main event in February. Y'all remember that incident? After he and his brother were released for selling counterfeit WWE merchandise, Earl took a sabbatical before debuting for TNA in February 2006. He had been the company's senior official ever since, and in 2015, Hebner was inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame. Earl's twin brother, Dave, best known for refereeing the Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania III and the WWF title match at WrestleMania IV, retired from refereeing after knee replacement surgery in 2002. He was a road agent for many years prior to his release. Dave briefly worked for TNA in 2005. In 2012, Dave managed the Lumberjacks out of the Mid-Missouri Wrestling Alliance. And they also, them both, and Earl was also an NWA official part time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I do remember that. I mean, he yes, did I... some NWA matches. I mean, he wasn't like Tommy Young. I mean, at the time, but he did some big car matches with these guys like either Dusty or Magnum or Tali or anything like that in the early mid eighties. Oh yes, indeed, indeed. This next one here, of course, uh, I was I was very surprised when this one happened. Lisa Moretti. Gained national fame as Tina Ferrari of, of course, we talked about this glow, gorgeous ladies of wrestling fame, in the late 1980s. The three-time WWF Women's Champion was with the company for six years. Her later years saw her transition to broadcasting, co-hosting the WWE Experience with Todd Grisham, 
She also briefly became a trainer for Ohio Valley Wrestling. Shortly after her release, experience was canceled in the United States, though the series continues to run internationally to, to fulfill programming commitments. Moretti wrestled on the independent circuit sporadically, but has also worked in an animal shelter and in landscaping. She appeared at WrestleMania Access in March 2015 and appeared on Table for Three with Alundra Blaze and Molly Holly in early 2016. Huh, okay, I do remember, recall that. Brian Heffron, that's, and I'm sure you probably know who this is, J.D., best remembered for his time in ECW as the, the blue, blue Guy. <laughs> the Blue Guy, yes. One-third of the NWO parody, The Blue World Order, was signed to a short-term deal, perhaps in exchange for not considering legal action against JBL after he was deliberately injured at the end of One Night Stand in June of 2005. Eni defeated JBL in a no-DQ match on the July 7, 2005 SmackDown, a show made infamous for its final segment. In April 2016, Efron was diagnosed with emphysema and had to get part of his lung removed. In 2015, Efron reunited with Stevie Richards and Nova as the Blue World Order for the Kings of Trio Tournament. They were knocked out in the first round by Devastation Corporation. Efron, now a a trainer at famed wrestling school, The Monster Factory, still occasionally wrestles to this day. And he also had, supposedly the word was, too, outside of wrestling. I don't think he was married or had kids, but if he was married or had a girlfriend, I think one of the people that was seen pound around him at the time was Jasmine St. Clair. Oh. The old okay. porn star. She was in ECW in the late latter stages of 2000-2001, and Meany took a shine to her, I remember, a couple times. Yeah, of course, also, of course, a lot of people remember or um, I've heard something about that she was one time was in a video where she actually did about 300 guys at once. But. <laughs> uh, well, well, tell me about women now. I mean, tell me about the porn stars. I mean, who who would you – here's an idea. you got to marry one, uh, kill one, and uh, what was it? Marry, kill, and screw. you got her, Missy Hyatt, and Tammy Stitch. Who would you do out of the three? I'd say for me it would be – oh, this is – tough. I'd say Mary Jasmine, kill Missy, screw Tammy. That's, <laughs> that's my old. I'll probably go along with what I'll probably go along with your recommendation. <laughs> I'll probably go along with you. <laughs> there's a lot of stories, we know a lot of stories about Missy. We know a ton of Missy Hyatt stories we've heard over the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But like I said, the, a mask firing on this day back in 05. 23 people, and some of them are still involved with wrestling to the day, some on occasion, but not as much as they used to be. Any big birthdays today before we continue? No, there was not. Hmm. I did not not report. I did not report. Tomorrow, however, we talked about this, I think, last night. Well, of course you mentioned one. 17 years ago tomorrow, we know where we were with the infamous incident in Daytona Beach. Oh, yes. But as I said before, J.D., I know of one. Yes. <laughs> you already said it. <laughs> yeah, you might as well say it again. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, 17 years ago, as we all know, yes, tomorrow. Know what the birthday was. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, like I said, 17 years ago tomorrow was one of the most unique chapters in wrestling history. The 
shoot her around the world in my eyes. Oh, oh. Hulk Hogan and Jeff Jarrett and Vince Russo at the Bash at the Beach 2000. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah 17 yeah. years ago tomorrow that happened, if you remember. Mm. And I know John mentioned it Monday on Raw Radio because, I mean, I remember where I was when I heard the incident. And, of course, Bischoff talks about it. He's talked about an interview. I guess he said that and the whole story went, however, that was not to put the, the whole story. I mean, I think they talked about it a little bit in, I forget what DVD or DVDs they mentioned it. I think it was Bischoff's DVD. He talked about it when he came out with his DVD about what mm-hmm. happened, and I guess how it all went down. I mean, the whole story about it, if I, if I can find the clip, how I'll try to find the clip, however, of how the story went around. But like I said, the word was, however, originally Hogan and Bischoff were on board with the whole thing, and then all of a sudden Russo went into business for himself, supposedly, and then did the infamous, Hulk Hogan, you bald SOB, kiss my boom. Like I said, I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Thank you very much. And of course, I'll probably read that on my promo tomorrow night there, too, after the, uh, late yeah. at night after the uh, pay-per-view. So I'll definitely be reading something like that. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, sir, J.D., for some insights here on our history here this afternoon. I do appreciate that. Uh, 1724-444-7444. Call ID 141-364-POUND. This is episode number 62 of WWS Power Hour. Of course, this is Saturday, July 8, 2017. I'm, of course, once again, Mr. WWUS champion, Shell, back on the line here with you alongside right now. Jimmy Lee Lewis. <laughs> Great balls of fire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mr. Great balls of fire, then, here in Detroit. <laughs> there you go. Uh, of course, 2015 and 17 Hall of Famer, and, of course, part of the Raw Radio broadcast team every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoot, as well as our, all of our other shows here in the radio network. Let's go ahead, ladies and gentlemen, dive right on into, of course, what was a very eventful week here in the uh, radio network. Here we'll just run down everything that was talked about. And um, first off, we start off with a very monumental, uh, uh, no, not that, <laughs> very monumental, excuse me, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that will be funny. We're running the tape now. A very monumental, huh? Yeah, there you go. That's hilarious. Okay. No, I'm just thinking. A very monumental, of course, uh, uh, Monday afternoon tradition, of course. Uh, it was, of course, for uh, for one particular reason. But, of course, uh, let's go, and, of course, I'm referring to Raw Radio. And, of course, let's, let's, let, let's let the man himself right here talk about all that took place here uh, and why this past, this past Monday's episode of Raw Radio was very, very special. Please, J.D., go ahead. It was special. It was the day before the 4th of July, and we had number 100 in the books, and this week will be 101. But this week we talked about the Great Balls of Fire show. We also talked about some of our favorite memories of the past 100 shows, however, and we definitely got the latest uh, wrestling and non-wrestling news out of the way. But we also uh, had a little fun, however, let's just say. However, we kind of took a look back, and like I said, some of our great moments, and like I said, this week is going to be no different. We look ahead again to 101 and continue in the next chapter. And this week, coming up on Monday, we will talk about the Great Fire Balls of Fire Prediction Show. We'll also talk about some of the big stories of the weekend, including what happened last night in Madison Square Garden, which everyone is still buzzing about after what went down last night. So this week, however, we'll be counting down the weeks into Battleground, but we'll also have some of the other big news of the past weekend. So you might want to stay tuned this Monday. It promised to be a good one at 101. 
Absolutely. Thank you very much, J.D. Equilize to Raw Radio this Monday afternoon, 138744 pound indeed. Next up here, of course, we're going to Double Dose Part 1 as we first start off with WWS Wrestling Revisited. Uh, J.D., uh, kind of take us on a tour of what took place this past Tuesday night on Revisited. Well, this week we didn't have Doc with us, but the Marty McFly thought of a genius plan, however, and we talked about it. We went back in our time machine to 1991 for UWF Beach Blast. And in case you know, know what UWF was, it was the Universal Wrestling Federation by Herb Abrams. Of course, it was originally Mid-South Wrestling, but also there was another federation in the 80s called the UWF. Well, unfortunately, the UWF had one of two pay-per-views in the 90s, however. And back in the 90s, one of them was happily named Beach Blast. You can go back and listen to that. And there were some pretty big names of the past on the WWF names, however, that were on this show. So you might want to check that out. Absolutely. Thank you very much there, uh, J.D. Resident Revisited, of course, this coming uh, Tuesday night from 7 to 8 right here on TalkShoot.com. Call ID 139-926-POUND. This past Tuesday night, of course, we brought you WWS Revolution. Of course, at Independence Day, which yeah. we, had, we actually had a blast. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, of course, talking about uh, the results of what took place all Monday Night Raw, uh, of course, in addition to your wrestling music, views and history and birthdays, um, um, JD, JD, anything here to add for what happened? Yeah, we talked about Raw, as you said. We also talked a little bit more of the other news, if there was any other news of the last 24 hours, or we kept the talk going into Great Balls of Fire as we continued to weigh in with our early thoughts about Great Balls of Fire. Absolutely. So, Revolution, once again, this Tuesday night, well, of course, we'll definitely be giving more and more highlights about what took place at this, uh, what, what will take place tomorrow night at the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view, of course, on Revolution, in addition to what, took, what takes place on Raw this coming Monday night. Uh, in addition, like I said, just another big-time wrestling stuff, uh, history, of course, the wrestling news and views, history and birthdays, and, of course, like I said, <clears throat> uh, uh, and, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know, we'll give you a heads-up on the where our live video will take place here, of course, tomorrow night or during our promote during our during our promo. First, one three eight oh five five pound for revolution for the Tuesday edition of Revolution. This Wednesday, of course, uh, normally it's a triple threat Wednesday, but we knocked it down to a double dose here this past Wednesday. Uh, we had to preempt outside the ropes, and we'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. But of course, so we went right ahead, of course, at eight o'clock with WWS Wrestling Debate. Uh, I do believe uh, King Ice did make it on there. Um, and what was the topic of discussion for debate this past Wednesday night, J.D.? Besides SmackDown and Raw that happened this past week, we weighed in with a lot of other things, including what's been going on in the world of wrestling in the last few weeks, how it's money in the bank, and we also looked ahead and saw what was upcoming, including thoughts in the early thoughts of Battleground, which is in a few weeks. We also talked about what may happen at SummerSlam. We also talked about the state of the TNA thing, what happened, especially after the TNA pay-per-view from Sunday night, and some of the other big... Uh, News items that are poached on Wednesday. Absolutely. So, wrestling debate, of course, once again, we'll be back this Wednesday night from 8 to 9. Call ID uh, 139-925-POUND. <clears throat> of course, we brought back the Wednesday edition of Revolution, as we talked about, uh, of course, in addition to the rest of the news and views and history and birthdays, of course, we did get a real, we did have a couple of good discussions, uh, especially from, of course, our Raw Radio team right here at the Iceman and the Human Super Machine about what took place on the Independence Day edition of SmackDown, uh, including, of course, what we heard from the returning John Cena, 
and a matchup that that obviously was, was we were hoping to have that would happen on Tuesday, but obviously it didn't. And they decided to wait until the pay per view, the next the SmackDown's next pay per view. Apparently, uh, other than that, uh, uh, we also had some wrestling trivia coming your way. JD, anything you wish to add? You hit the nail right on the head. Not much else to report on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, Revolution, of course, every, also, also every Wednesday night from 9 to 11. Call ID 138055. Next up here, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> uh, this past Thursday was a very unique one. The uh, Top Hill Inc., unfortunately, due to uh, an illness uh, uh, statements uh, from King and W.O. Javar T. Smith, uh, they were unab- we were unable to bring you Top Hill Inc. this, this past Thursday night. But, of course, it will hopefully make its bill. Of course, it will make its return. This Thursday night from uh, 7 to 8, of course, call ID 140562-POUND. So be sure to join uh, uh, King and W.O., the Iceman, and, of course, the plethora of guests as they heal up heal up some big-time wrestling talk. Indeed. But in its place, though, we did not leave you empty-handed at that on that time frame, ladies and gentlemen. Now, what we did was we did a very special edition of WWS Wrestling Profile, as we looked at the as we looked, of course, courtesy of a, of a Wikipedia file uh, um, on the, uh, the one of the recent WWE Hall of Famers. Of course, the only the only for for a long time the only WCW holdout that never appeared in the WWE up until about three years ago. Okay. Uh, the master of the scorpion. Yes, indeed, the icon himself, the, the man known as Sting. Yes. Uh, this is Sting, of course. The man called Sting. That's been so many stuff been said about Sting. Uh, of course, we covered. Of course, that we did not cover all all of the all the page. It was a pretty lengthy page. He got you set up from get, his early days up until uh, his late mid nineties, shall we say? We covered the first ten half of his career from his days in the UWF to his WCW early runs with Flair to his battles with uh, teaming up and fighting against Lex Luger. The list goes on. Oh, absolutely, and of course, and of course, him being a part of the historic final match, final WCW match, of course, in March 2001 on Monday Nitro against one of his, like, like JD just said, one of his biggest rivals of all time, the next and good morning. friends too, in Ric Flair. Yes, and of course, that match, actually, believe it or not, I just watched it the other night. That was one of the best matches that they ever had. My opinion, I think the best two they ever had was the Clash of Champions match in 88, and I'll go one better. The one in 90, the one uh, the Great American Bash in Baltimore two years later. I was getting ready to say that. They talked about that. That was a classic encounter. That was actually the first time Sting won the belt from Flair, I think it was. I'm not yep. And tonight, yeah. folks, however, just to let you know how we're not going to get stung, uh-uh. No, no, no. Tonight, part two, TNA, WWE, Hall of Fame, and Legacy. We'll continue our discussion with the man of Sting. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Of course, about wrestling debate. I mean, wrestling profile will continue. Of course, we're going to episode number seventeen here at eight o'clock here tonight as we talk about the as we as we go into like I said, JD just said the, the man that known as the icon Sting from his days and during TNA, like we said, through of course his last big time run here, finally making it to the WWE. And uh, the uh, yes, and of course the Hall of Fame indeed. One four two two four one pound if you want to join us for that at eight o'clock here uh, this evening. And of course, uh, wrestling profile. Of course, just we we have it on in case one of our main shows cannot make the air. 
And so, like I said, be sure to listen to some of our past episodes. We've done some great moments on Wrestling Profile. We're going to talk about everything from, uh, let me see, from the AWA to WCW Road Wild to wrestlers from DDP to Randy Orton to managers like Bobby DeBrain Heenan. And also, of course, legendary superstars like uh, Nicole Bass and George Animal Steele, who we lost here just recently. And of course, and Ivan Koloff. Yes, and even the legendary uh, Bruno San Martino. Even just even before even before this one, we did of course one on the late Owen Hart. And I know so, for a while, and one time we did, uh, I think, uh, profile on the tag team, and they are one of the best of all time. Is the men known as the Iron Man team, as I call them, one of the Iron Man team in the form of Hawk and the Animal, the Legion of Doom. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed, we did. So, But like I said, ladies and we got a lot of great moments on Wrestling Club Files. So definitely go back and reminisce to some of those episodes. Um, like I said, you'll, be, you'll, you'll find, I'm sure there's a lot of moments you'll remember, but, of course, there, there are some there that you might not be, you might not remember too much, and you'll be shocked as, by so many by so many. Uh, facts that uh, you didn't know existed about your favorite superstars. Well, we are going to add more, believe me. Just because we didn't add them yet doesn't mean we're not going to talk about them, because we will talk about them. Indeed. Of course, also, we've done, just briefly, we've done even some, like, from, uh, of course, DX and the NWO. Of course, we did several having to do with both organizations as well. So uh, that right there, you know, we didn't, we're not leaving anything out at all here, folks. So we'll we'll have more of those here in the coming uh Coming up, don't worry about that. Yes, indeed. Uh, and of course, also on Thursday night, don't forget. Of course, we also also we brought you the second installment of, of NWO uh, of the Radio Network NWO Wolfpack as we went into episode one hundred and six. Uh, as of course, once again, we uh, uh, of course are getting more and more uh, fired up for great balls of fire, so to speak. Uh, we did have some talk about that. Of course, also, we brought you some, some more wrestling news and views and some more history and birthdays. Uh, of course, I said that J.D. and John kind of cleaned up on the wrestling trivia, uh, as as uh, we always do here. Uh, J.D., anything you wish to add about what we, we said on Wolfpack this past Thursday? Nope, not at all, however, mind you. However, it was a pretty good okay. Thursday, and you can go back and listen to that. And i got to be going here, actually, right now. Cause I am about to eat dinner, so... I will try to make it on for the Sting Part 2 show tonight, but if not, folks, this Monday hour, catch John and myself and the rest of the gang, including Chad. Hopefully we will look back at Great Balls of Firehouse, but I will try to make it on tonight if I can or if not tomorrow. But if I can't make it in one of those two days, have a great rest of the weekend, everyone. Be safe out there. Be careful with this heat and humidity wherever you're at. And also, as I said earlier, happy birthday to the birthday boy himself. Thank you very much, sir. J.D., I do appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on and bringing in your two cents here today on Power Hour. We do appreciate that, sir. Thank you very much. No problem. Talk to you guys later. Take care. Take care, sir. That was, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, the Iceman, J.D., Jared Girolamo. And, of course, here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, he will, of course, as he said, will do his best to make it on, of course, episode number 17 of Wrestling Profile as we, of course, go with part two of our profile on the Icon Sting. Ladies and gentlemen, next, of course, we'll talk, we're going to talk about this. Uh, we also brought you, of course, a very big-time edition of WWS Outside the Ropes. Uh, we had a little bit of a delay with that uh, due to, of course, some uh, some, uh, some some computer issues, a computer glitch or two. But we did bring you, of course, uh, J.D. actually took the reins of Outside the Ropes here, of course, in my set because he wanted to, as of course, like you said, with my birthday coming up here today, he wanted to, to handle 
out. He wanted to handle the show, and he did. He did a fine job, ladies and gentlemen. It was a great birthday present for me, and I was really, very, very appreciative about that, to say the least. Also, like I said, we did talk about. Uh, we did talk about, of course, of JD Ten and all the news and all that. I, we, I brought in my two cents on everything. We did add a few little wrestling stories to outside of the ropes, but nonetheless, uh, I did actually went. Uh, we went actually went two rounds of the movie trivia challenge to JD. And which actually he's he's he scored fairly well in uh, in uh, his knowledge of movie trivia. Uh, movie trivia is uh, unprecedented, even from the movies from the past and the present. So, uh, <clears throat> outside the ropes, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be we'll be returning. Um, we'll be returning here. Uh, yes, this coming Wednesday night, <clears throat> July the twelfth, uh, starting around six thirty. Of course, as myself and the, and the Iceman will bring you once again more. Um, more uh, news from around the pop culture scene, music, movies, sports, and all that. And of course, also JD will be back in the hot for the hot seat movie trivia challenge. So be sure to join us here this Wednesday night, July 12th, uh, back on our regular time at, at from 6:30 to 7:30. Of course, right here on TalkShoot.com, and that call ID will be of course 141387 pounds. Last night, ladies and gentlemen, of course, was a very interesting edition of WWS Revolution. Uh, <clears throat> we, uh, of course, uh, it, was, it was scheduled to be another part of a little birthday celebration for me. Uh, we, we were unable to bring in King and W.O.G.R.T. Smith. Apparently, he was still under the weather. So I went ahead, we went ahead and started the show. We started the show a little bit late, but we did get in, we did get in quite a bit of time here for, uh, for of course, uh, of course, talking about the uh, wrestling news and views, and uh, history and birthday. So we brought in a whole bunch of things. Uh, we did have a brief discussion here. Of course, we went over, of course, our predictions from JD and what JD and John made on Wolfpack this past Thursday night about this Sunday's Great Balls of Fire pay per view. Uh, and of course, John did pop on here momentarily to talk about uh, talk about you know uh, an interesting moment that took place. On that, on uh, on uh, yesterday's date here, back in 1996, of course, when Hulk Hogan betrayed, as I said, betrayed WCW, and of course formed the infamous New World Order. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> but of course, all of us do a great show. Uh, we did get in, like I said, we did get in, like I said, quite a bit of stuff here, including we got in a little bit of wrestling trivia. In all in all, it was, it was still a great show and all that. Be sure to come back. To, to come back in and listen in on it. Of course, uh, Revolution, of course, once again, will come back in addition to Tuesday and Wednesday. Of course, be back on on Friday night as well uh, from 9 to 11. Of course, call ID 138055-POUND. So, ladies and gentlemen, there is pretty much where you have it right there is what, you know, what took place there on our shows in the radio network here this week. Uh, <clears throat> and now let's go ahead and bring to you, of course, what took well, uh, if we do have any updates here, which hopefully, we, hopefully by now it has updated uh, uh, the number of downloads for each show that that we did, did that did take place here this week, uh, to give you a little bit of an update here, uh, we we did have a brief one, but we did not have it. Uh, it was not a, it was not uh, it was not completely up to date yet, but we we have sure we got some updated numbers by now. Uh, <clears throat> The numbers here uh, updated as of uh, 1.16 this afternoon. So we do have some, we hope that this has updated here by now. 
uh, wrestling profile, the episode we the special one we did on, on the first half about Sting. Uh, we did have one download lined up for it. So, uh, of course, we'll have another one here coming up here this evening. So, hopefully, like I said, the numbers will, will be an improvement here. Uh, Oh, let me let me give you an updated programming note here. Uh, tomorrow, uh, next next week's edition of Outside the Ropes is going to be not not back. It's not going to be back on Wednesday yet. It will be back on this Friday uh, at seven at seven o'clock instead of Wednesday at six thirty. So my apologies about that, ladies and gentlemen. Just keep that in mind. On July the fourteenth, uh, next Friday um, at seven p.m. is when we'll have the next edition of Outside the Ropes. So it was due to a, of course, a, uh, uh, a commitment that JD had, and so we had to we had to, to reschedule that one as well. Uh, of course, I think I, we said that I said that on our video for uh, um, on Entertainment Cavalcade about this here earlier in the week. So my apologies about that. Excuse me. Let's see how outside the ropes did. Uh, did for the episode we did last night. Let's see if we have an update here. So far, we don't have any. Uh, we don't have any downloads list that was that has been done yet. But we'll hopefully here double check that here really really soon. Uh, power hour. I know we're doing power hour right now, but a lot of times folks will already download, uh, start doing some downloading for power hour. And so far, we don't have any listed for them for for, for the show here currently. But I'm sure that will be updated here by at least sometime tomorrow. We did not unfortunately get an episode of Top Heel Inc. in. Uh, but we will, of course, now check Wrestling Revisited. Let's see how Wrestling Revisited uh, did for the week. Uh, actually, got in two downloads here, which has moved up. A, it's actually tied for what happened last week. With us. So far, it's very good. Uh, I'm sure there will still be some more downloading here. I'm sure for these shows, I'm sure. So uh, <clears throat> we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll be double-checking that and seeing. Uh, let's check, uh, of course, here wrestling debate and see how wrestling debate did. Uh, of course, the episode was done this past Wednesday. Uh, after scoring a big number last week, uh, so far they have not scored, gotten enough an, 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 a number at all yet. But that number, of course, that number could change here by. By, like I said, by at least by the time that the week ends here later on tonight. Let's check WWUS Raw Radio. Let's see how the 100th episode of Raw Radio did here, of course. I'm sure JD would love to hear this. He was still on. Uh, uh, so far, we've got two downloads in for it, so at least we got we got some numbers in for that. So those numbers should, could come back up here, could be, could be up here by the time, of course, we do our... Uh, edition of um, our, our prediction show here and our promo to, uh, tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow evening. NWO Wolfpack, let's see how Wolfpack did. Uh, after scoring a good number last week here, let's see how Wolfpack did. Wolfpack so far is kind of tied with last week. So far, we've gotten in three downloads here so far, which is good. That's the third week in a row that it's actually... Uh, that's actually scored the same number. So, I mean, Wolfpack is is still holding on there as best as it can. So, we'll hopefully have that, a good number for that. And, of course, for the episodes we did of Revolution, of course, including last night. So, we should have an update for that as well. Let's see how Revolution did. 
After scoring a huge number, I mean a huge one last week, we're already up to four uh, downloads. It has still has not it still has not counted the uh, last night's episode in, so that number could be a little bit bigger by the time this. Uh, of course, this uh, uh, our stats here updated. They update the stats for each of for each of the shows uh, <clears throat> after, like I said. Uh, some, it should be sometime late, late in the evening, late, in, late at night, or sometime early in the morning when they do this. And of course, let's see how our promotions did here for uh, for this past week. Of course, because I have, as, as we've been saying, we've heard a lot of folks tell us uh, that that have actually been listening to a lot of the promotions here recently, and we've had some pretty decent numbers for the promotions. Uh, so far, we've got one listen for that, so that's not bad right there in itself either. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. There are some great numbers. Their resolution still maintains right now the high spot with four, but uh, that number, like I said, could jump up here by uh, could could be up, like I said, whenever the final tally for all the for all the downloads during the week has been done. So, we'll keep everybody informed of this as well. <clears throat> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we do thank you for. Uh, for a little extended edition here of WSWS Power Hour, of course, this is Saturday, July 8th, 2017. Uh, of course, uh, one thing: the Iceman JD Jerry Geronimo for coming on here to for coming on here this evening and giving me a hand. Uh, of course, we we'll, hopefully we'll get to talk to him. Of course, when we do our part two of our wrestling profile on the on the on the Icon Sting, and uh, of course, like I said, uh, <clears throat> uh, we'll be all, we'll also Talk to you, of course, tomorrow afternoon for our uh, prediction show, a special edition of Revolution, coming up at five o'clock. Of course, as we talk about all the matches for the WWE Great Balls of Fire 2017, <clears throat> and also, of course, when I bring you the promos for all of our shows for next week, coming up tomorrow evening. For the Iceman, JD, Jeremy Duelmo, and the, and uh, and everyone associated with the panel, and everyone in the panel waking up the handle. This is Mr. WCB U.S. Chad Hinshaw saying thank you so much for joining us here this afternoon. And we'll, <clears throat> we'll talk to you later on here at, at, at about an hour and a half for episode number 17 of Wrestling Profile Course, part two of our of our talk and discussion about the Icon Sting. And also, of course, tomorrow uh, will be a big-time day with our Great Balls of Fire Prediction Show edition of Revolution and our promos, of course, later on in the evening. Power Hour is a broadcast of the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. Over two years older and continuing to be bolder, the radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. Everyone take care of yourselves and each other. See you in the ring. And as always here in the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. God bless everyone.